0: Listening to the Around the Borderland Podcast with your host, George Savala.
1: And welcome to another episode of Around the Borderland Podcast. In this podcast, we want to bring you the three P's, which is people, places, and the pure spirit of El Paso. And today, today's guest is a perfect example of the pure about El Paso. So today's guest happens to be a 20-year veteran of the military. Twenty years, Apostle Police Department, and he is currently the the precinct two constable, and he's only twenty one years old. Imagine that! Well, I'll tell you what, folks. Uh, how you doing there, <laughs> Mr. Samora?
0: I'm doing good, George. I wish I was twenty one again.
1: I <laughs> right? like that. No, but you know what? Seriously, yeah. you know, I'll thank you for your service because twenty years in the military and twenty years on the Apostle Police Department is that's a long time.
0: Thank you, George. I really appreciate it. It was an honor serving my country and. And serving the communities of uh, El Paso.
1: So, you know, like I said, this this podcast is to kind of focus on those individuals that make the individuals and places that make El Paso unique. And you're a perfect example that mm-hmm. not only that, because you served our community in two ways, number one, as a, as a servant and now as a, a public official, but what, you know, just tell people about you yourself, Mr. Gossamara.
0: Well, George, uh. Of course, everybody knows me, my my name, and I come from a little place called Gooding, Idaho. It's about uh, an hour south of Boise. I grew up uh, on a farm with a younger brother and sister. My dad uh, basically uh, drove the uh, tractors, and we were feeding the cattle and picking really? potatoes. Wow, yes, okay. sir. Oh, uh, the Idaho I, those Idaho I, potatoes. I <laughs> yeah, those are good potatoes, my friend. And, uh, shortly after that, I, uh, I joined the, the military, uh, at 18, uh, two weeks after high school. And, uh, so I went to military. I really enjoyed what I was doing. Uh, a couple trips to Germany, several trips to the Middle East. And I, I, uh, got transferred over here to El Paso. Uh, and I'll tell you what, George, coming from a small country town to a city, Talk about a country boy coming into a city. That was a shock to me, but I loved it. Uh, and I, when I got to El Paso, uh, you know, of course, I stationed here at Fort Bliss, and I met my beautiful, loving wife, uh, Martha Zamora. Uh, of course, we've been married. We just celebrated 31 years back in March.
1: Oh, congratulations. So I met
0: her, and uh, thank you. So I did my 20 years, I, and I actually retired from uh, Fort Bliss, And uh, did a short stint uh, with immigration uh, when I retired because I had applied for the police department and the sheriff's department. And then uh, once I uh, finished uh, immigration, I had the uh, SO called me. uh, So I went through their academy as a detention officer. Uh, Did a short stint there uh, downtown as a detention officer, like I said before. And then uh, PD called me. Uh, and so I, I left the, uh, sheriff's department. I didn't even complete my probationary period. And I joined the, uh, El Paso police department in March of 2000, George.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: March of 2000. uh, So I did. Yes, sir. Yeah. I retired from the military in 1999 and joined the, the, uh, police department in March of, of
1: 2000. Wow.
0: Okay. So, uh, yeah, and then I did my 20 I did all my 20 years right here at the Northeast Police Station here in Northeast. Uh and while I was doing a lot of that, I I devoted a lot of my time to the community, um coaching T-balls. I'm all about uh helping kids George, yes, you know, because I I think with the impact that uh, adults and not only uh you know, military and and law enforcement personnel have a big impact on kids at a young age Um, so i did a lot of that and then uh, i sort of challenged myself and and decided you know what i need something new Uh, so i decided to run for constable here in northeast uh, and i planned that two years out from me retiring and uh, i was fortunate to uh, unseat the incumbent I've been a constable now for seven months, George.
1: Wow, so that's pretty quick there, Mr. Samaral. So let me ask you this. So yes. when you came to El Paso after you retired from the military, mm-hmm. you could have left, right? You could have mm-hmm. left somewhere else, gone to, you know. So what, 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 why did you stay in El Paso? Because you know how people say, and I hate when they do that. like, why El Paso? Why did you stay? Or why, you know, why did you come live here? This is a beautiful city. So, I mean, what, from your perspective, when you retired from the military, what, what did you think about El Paso?
0: You know, George, I think when I first, when I first got here, um, I, uh, you know, coming from, from, like I said, a small city, I mean, a small country into the city, like I did the military brought me here, El Paso has a <clears throat> unique people here The they have a diverse culture here. The people are very, uh, very friendly, um. Of course, I met my wife here, she's from this area. Um, She's originally uh, raised in Durango, Mexico, but then she came across and and went to school here. So she was raised here. So I met my wife here and and, uh, so when I retired from the military, you know, I had the opportunity to go back home. Uh, I looked at that, I looked at some other places. But then I started realizing, you know, El Paso has a unique way of attracting people. Uh, number one, the, the culture, the the food here is tremendous. I <laughs> yep. mean, you, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't beat the food anywhere, George. Um, <laughs> yes, sir. And sir. and you know, uh, when I first got here and before I met my wife, um, I fell in love with the, the Hispanic women overall. Okay. Um, they're very, just, they're very unique. Uh, just the families. Uh, you know, when, when, and when I met my wife, uh she told me that you know, if you marry me, you're marrying the family. Yep. And I said, "What?" You know, coming from the country, I didn't, I didn't know <laughs> what she was talking about. <laughs> yes, sir. So yeah, so when I when I when I married her, I, I quickly found out that uh uh you know, yeah, it's all about family here. Um the the culture uh, is all about family here. So I knew there George that, that I, I wasn't going to uh be able to uproot her and take her anywhere because she was, you know, had her feet, you know,
1: planted um, here, yeah,
0: cemented here. They were cemented here, and then I, I started realizing, you know, what this is a great place to raise a family. Um, the crime uh, is not bad at all. And it wasn't bad back then, um, you know. So, well, Mr. And, and Samara,
1: it, let, me, let me interrupt you there. Let me ask you that because no, yeah, you know, no, that's fine. Let me let me ask you this question because I, I, you know. You know there's different parts of the city you have a quote unquote a reputation of this or that east side west side North east is you know everyone since i was growing up you know about forty eight so in nineties uh, in the nineties and early twenties to so two thousand you know you heard about the gangs and all you know the, the north east and but i mean you've been a police officer twenty years in the north east i mean did it did the North east get a bad rap
0: it does george uh a lot of people didn't like the Northeast. Cause I mean, I, I, mean, and you, and you can see it now, George, Northeast really, uh, didn't have anything back then. You know, every all the businesses were going to the East side or the West side. Um, you know, so in the Northeast, we were like the redhead stepchildren here, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so we didn't have anything here and, and people just, they weren't migrating. Um, so, uh, but I grew up here in Northeast, uh, pretty much. And what I mean by growing up, I mean, I grew up, uh, with, with other families, with, with the community that I served. So I got to know them. And, uh, Northeast, uh, is very unique in itself. Uh, you know, number one, we have the, we have the military, uh, you know, uh, our armed forces and their family members. Uh, and then we just have such a, a, diverse culture also uh, of German citizens that live here in Northeast. I don't know yes, if you sir. knew that or not.
1: Yes sir. Um, yes sir.
0: But we it, it's just it's just uh and then over the years I've seen the Northeast uh expand. I mean I mean right down the street, I mean, you know, we're getting an olive garden, we have you know just it's just expanding. So well, uh it, go ahead George
1: well, I'm going to ask you, Mr. Samara. You know, 20 years in the in the, in the Northeast and being a police mm-hmm. officer, so you see the worst, okay, we mm-hmm. yeah, so We're not going to talk about that. What's the best experience you had as a police officer in the Northeast?
0: You know, George, I think the best experience was just just meeting the the, the citizens of the Northeast, um, and I think my biggest my biggest um, satisfaction was watching, you know, watching young kids that didn't feel that they they could make it in, 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 uh, in our society, you know, growing up out of po- poverty, um, you know, coming from broken homes. And so I would always take the time as a police officer, spend time with these kids, because, you know, that's, and like I was saying earlier in your broadcast, especially being in law enforcement, George, if you can reach kids at a young age as a law enforcement officer and show them that uh, not all police are bad and that True. they can do something in our society. Uh, so, because I think our kids are our future. Amen. So I think that's my that's my best and my, my most joyous part about being a police officer. Whenever I was out on the streets and I've seen, you know, just kids out playing basketball in the streets, I would stop my patrol unit I'd get out and I'd play ball with them. I just, <laughs> really? I'd I oh, like to, enga- yes, yes. I love the engagement process uh, of being a police officer, being able to engage the community, um, you know, with, you know, and show them that as a community, we have to come together as one. Uh, Cause not all law enforcement are bad. And, it, <laughs> and nowadays it, it's, it's rough being a police officer.
1: Yeah, about to say that because you know, people, cause I, have, I have several uh, members that are police officers, and and I think that's what it is. Is you know, one bad apple, and, you know, changes the whole, the full, the whole force. But I mean, I've even in my general, just my forty-eight years here in El Paso, well, forty-six two minus Dallas, I've never had a bad interaction. Granted, I don't have many interactions, but you know, just a little kind of. Uh, Transparency here. Me and my mom had snack bar to snack parts of the main headquarters at 911, North Rayner, and all the police officers. Mm-hmm. Majority, I say 98 percent, were awesome, awesome people, and they're down to earth. Yeah, of course you have one or 102 people, like always. But you know what? In general, the police officers, and you're a good example of that, Mr. Somara, because you show the the good spirit. You know, you show the the positive. You know, because there's there's uh, sometimes like being a police officer. You see, you know, you see the daily grind. Of what you see, and you get jaded, don't you, after, after some point, like, you know what, did it happen to you when, you, you know, when you're working it, did it get, like, I've seen I've seen one person die, I've seen a bunch, I mean, wh- what can you tell people that, uh, I guess the best way to describe your daily activities, so people understand that you're not just sitting in your car all day, you're actually, you know, helping people that are, that are dying, and or are stuck, or got sick, I mean, I want people to understand that, you know, there's, it's just not you put a uniform on, you look pretty. No, you actually put your hands into the dirty work. And could you just give an example?
0: Sure, George. You know, people think, you know, just putting on that uniform, we're still human beings. Um, we have emotions. Um, we have feelings. Um, you know, I mean, I would go in, you know, anywhere from, uh, you know, a wife being beaten up by her husband okay Mm -hmm. and you know her self-esteem was down okay could i have not i mean can i should i spend this extra time with her and explain to her that there's there's people out there that care there's agencies out there that she can get help that she doesn't have to stay in a relationship like this because she don't or how about the you know the family that just lost a son or daughter to a to a drunk driver you know on a head on collision you know, and you have to go break the news to them, wow. you know, you, you have to show passion. Okay. For these people, because, and when they yell at you or, or, or cuss at you, it's not you they're cussing at or yelling at, or they hate you when they say those, all those words, I hate you. I hate cough. They're in a moment of a crisis.
1: True.
0: And so you, and, and as a police officer, you have to be able to, and we call it, you know, back, back in the department, they call it thick skin. It's not about being thick skin. You've got to understand that these people are going through a crisis, like I said, and don't take it personal. And I think that's the toughest part about being a police officer. And I've been out, you know, it'll be a year next September, I've been retired from the PD, but I'm still in the law enforcement arena as yeah. a constable. Yeah. So I still I still have people come and and see me like i had a young lady today come up uh, uh, to my office and she asked about a protective order And i noticed some bruises on her arms and um uh i you know i guess she had been assaulted by her sister and so i i i took the time george as a law enforcement peace officer law enforcement officer i took the time to try to figure out okay what's going on here she It's just not about a a, a protective order. It's about she's crying out for some assistance, for some help. So we, as police officers, sometimes we just want to go in, get things done and go to the next call. And sometimes, yes, that's what we're trained to do, but sometimes we have to slow things down and try to help people at the same time. Mm. Because if you don't help that person going through a crisis, Things just get worse for them in life.
1: Amen. Yes, sir.
0: And then you got, and then you, and then you got suicides, and that's not a good thing.
1: No, it's not. You're right. And, you know what? This 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 uh, it's going to some, some good light here. Let's go into a transition to, and you said it earlier, constable. Um mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna lie to you. When when I first you know got to meet you and constable, I was totally totally off. You know, granted, I took you know criminal justice when I was in college and. So I was way off when it comes to the constables. Do you tell people where the constable where their task are, was their job?
0: Sure, George. And you know what, George, and I'm here to tell you you don't need to feel that way because you're in a whole pool of a lot of other people. <laughs> okay. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of people, not only throughout the city, but I focus mainly on here in the northeast because that's my, my precinct, my jurisdiction. Yes. I say precinct. So well, I try to break it down to jurisdictions because people understand jurisdictions better. Um, so a lot of people didn't know what a constable does. Uh, and basically what a constable, and just I wanna make sure everybody understands is a constable is a peace officer in the state of Texas. Uh, they, they, they do have powers of arrest. They, they, they can stop people, they can give citations. They can make drug arrests, they can make DWI arrests. Um, they can do everything a police officer a local police officer can plus more because we can go outside the county outside into oh, wow. the county okay um, but uh, a constable's main position main job, George and their number one priority is to be a bailiff for the for the justice of the peace court for the judge or his or her judge uh, of their precinct. and then okay. in my case J- jP2. so I am responsible as a constable to provide security during his court cases. Okay? Uh, and then once that is done, we also have the responsibility. Uh, and I think sometimes this is something that, um, I guess as, a, as an elected official, George, and a, as a public servant, uh, you learn how to try to, to hold your emotions back because as a constable, you also have to evict people.
1: So okay. When you evict
0: people, you're evicting families. And that's heartbreaking sometimes. So it goes right back into being a police officer, George. I mean, constables are police officers, but they're, they're, they say peace officers instead of police officers, but we are police officers. So I, to, I, I noticed some confusion. So I just, when people ask, what does a constable do? I break it down to the terminology that they, they understand. We are police officers. Okay. We can do what a city police officer do, what a deputy sheriff does, and but our main job is provide security for the JP court and any other courts that need our assistance. Now we do a lot of civil processing, though. We do a evic- not only not only evictions, but we do uh, we serve uh, lawsuits to people. We serve debt collections because um, we got people that go out and get all these loans from from Able from. Um, Fama and you know all sad, these other loan places.
1: You know what's sad, Mister. Someone sorry starting to interrupt you. There is sad because it's true. Because these right. uh these loan companies, oh, you know, you could borrow a thousand dollars or a hundred dollars, and then oh yeah yeah yeah, and here it is, boom! But then you gotta pay back two hundred fifty dollars, and that's you know people don't realize yes. that those you know this yeah you'll get the money. But the interest rate is like a hundred and fifty percent. But uh, anyways, going back to the yes. to, let me ask you a question. So, uh, just to put this more in, in context, so this is the ones in in, in the court, the the JP, and they, they're acting belligerent, mm-hmm. and that uh, you know, and mm-hmm. you have to go you know, get them out of the of the facility, and they don't want to. Can you like turn around and just mm-hmm. arrest them? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah,
0: that's our main job. Um, we're more than a bailiff. We're we're more than a beta. Like I said, we can make arrests. So we try to, and I have deputies that mainly do a lot of that. I'll go into the court every once in a while, but I have okay. bailiffs that do that. And and, and in my court alone, we, we've had we've had a, a, a couple of incidences where some people got rude with the judge and stuff. We've had to settle them down because we can get them for disruption of a court. And we'll esc- escort them out. And if it gets too bad, any type of threats or anything like that, we can make an on-view on arrest right there, and we can take him to jail.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. But so, I mean, so that, yeah. of course, I'm going to ask you a dumb question here. So is your experience as a police officer no. translates per- perfectly into a, a constable?
0: You know what, George? That is not a dumb question. And you know what? I, I explain to people that the criminal, being a police officer is more on the criminal side and a constable and a deputy constable is on the civil side, but they intertwine with each other mm. because they have some type of law enforcement. You're going to come together where you make an arrest. So okay. you just, when I was doing with the police department for 20 years, I focused on the criminal side of things. Now, as a constable, I focus mainly on the civil side of things. And at times, They come together and interact. So my law enforcement experience of 20 years with the El Paso Police Department has been a very, very tremendous help for me on the constable side Uh, when it comes to, you know, the laws. Because your civil laws and criminal laws, George, are different. But again, the terminology is almost the same.
1: Okay. Now let me. I want to ask you a question coming from a blind guy. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, I am. I am blind. Do, do constables and your deputies? Do are you? You're allowed to carry firearms, right?
0: Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. we are certified to carry firearms. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because one time you have to to even to even be a deputy constable or constable, you have to be qualified through the uh, Texas Combined Associate. Or oh, you do. Through the state of Texas. Yes. Oh,
1: okay. Okay. You have
0: to go through a state state exam and all that stuff.
1: How many deputies do you have right now?
0: I have I have three deputies. I have and one of them is a retired PD officer of 25 years. Okay. I have one that's a he was with the PD for 10 years and then he switched over to firefighter, so he's a retired firefighter. And then I have a brand new deputy constable. Um, she. Uh, was the administrative assistant before she went through the El Paso Community College's law enforcement program uh, down in the valley. So wow. as soon as she graduated, that I I picked her up as a deputy constable. Oh, that's cool. So I have three I have three deputy constables. Yes.
1: And so they so they say if if someone is supposed to call you and tell you oh my I'm having problems with my neighbor or they say they walk into your like you just like you so said about that person about the protective order. Do you just call the police yourself, or did you just tell them, go to the police department? How do you, like, first say, for example, a guy, a person walks into your office and says, you know what, I have a problem with my neighbor. Is that civil or is that criminal?
0: You know, it depends on, George. It, it, that, and that's a good question, because that, it's funny, because civil things can turn into criminal. Yes. Okay? So... I've always told my, I have a, I have a, a policy or a philosophy at my office and I tell my guys uh, or my staff, um, look, anybody that walks through our doors, we help no matter their circumstance. If it's something that we can handle, we're gonna handle, we're not gonna call PD. Now, if it's something that we cannot handle, okay, then we gotta push it over to PD. And that's one thing that I am thankful for because I have a real good rapport with the Northeast Police Station right now. um, Because I did, like I said, I did my 20 years there. So we've actually, I've actually started a rapport with them and I go over there and communicate with them. They've sent a lot of things that they shouldn't be doing over to my office and, and vice versa. Now, one thing I need people to understand, George, every constable has their own way of doing things because we all have our own precincts. So, we're not all the same. Some precincts are a bit larger than others okay. as far as personnel wise. And we all have different budgets.
1: So, like yours, would you consider yours a smaller one or a bigger one? So
0: your you precinct. know what? I think myself, no, I'm probably myself and seven are probably, which is the Benton on the west side. Okay. I think we're probably the, the smallest ones. I think we, because you have the other ones. Um, they're like over in uh, the east side and uh the west side they're a little bit larger uh than, than we are
1: okay I'm gonna so we to do
0: work together
1: of course of course oh yeah yeah, yeah. uh and and it's under the, Is it before I forget it's under the county right or is it under the city yes the
0: we no 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 it's all county all constables uh fall under the 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 uh judge sataniego in the county Commissioner's court. Matter of fact, one of the commissioners' court was my first chief of police when I joined the department. Really, the police department. Yes, uh, Commissioner Leon, Carlos Leon.
1: Yeah, okay. And he's
0: now, yeah, he was my chief when I was a rookie on okay. the police department. Now he's the commissioner. He's on commissioner's court for the county.
1: You know, talking about Leon, just uh, so people can you know, get, get more. Uh, Information about the police department, and you know, if they see this, you know, of an officer. When I was at the at the at the, the headquarters, I would see uh, Mr. Leon, and he would have a white uniform and the gold and the gold badge. Why was it white? His uniform.
0: Yeah, those, and you know what? They just brought those back right before I retired. Um, Chief Allen was having his command staff wear white shirts now okay. to distinguish. To so distinguish, basically, the the I want to say management level, but they're they're more on the upper echelon of all the uh, chiefs. So uh, see, there they're, you go. they're basically in the upper management. So there's yeah. a lot of a lot of them were
1: okay. Yeah. So uh, as yeah, we're gonna, they
0: just they just brought the white shirts back.
1: Oh, do think? Okay, uh, and so yeah. uh, we're closing this podcast to a close, uh, Mr. Samarga, I need to ask you, what is your we talk about your law enforcement and all that, but I want to know something about you. What is your favorite dish?
0: What is my favorite dish?
1: I chew you off there, didn't I? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes, because here in El Paso, I have a lot of favorite dishes, but I'll tell you this much: I love Chico's Tacos.
1: There, there you go, right? <laughs> I'll kind of, <laughs> I'll kind of hit into the culture when I say about the the dish because you know when we go to different, uh, you know, people are listening. El uh, Paso is very unique regarding the the way the food, like you said, the food the way it is. Because when I moved to Dallas uh, for two years, I was working for the U.S. Department of Labor. It was different. Even like chorizo, you couldn't find chorizo there. It was weird. It's really they were calling it Spanish sausage. I'm like, what? And but here, you know, yeah. even the tacos and, and the enchiladas. So was, you know, Paso is very very unique when it comes to the food. So, but uh, let's say uh-huh. you're.
0: And you know what, George? I don't mean to cut you off, but you know what? My wife, who's a tremendous cook, can fix some good Mexican dishes that I love. <laughs> Much <laughs> of them, but I don't have a favorite. I, I don't want to be a favorite because then she may slap me. Don't <laughs> don't me good,
1: good. Question. There you go. That's that's called a smart man, right there. Uh, so, <laughs> so what's the future for you, Mister Somarow? Do you plan on staying as a constable for? I mean, I mean, what are you? What's your plans? Cause I know there's going to be a point where you just want to you know, retire. And, and I know it's hard sometimes because I was having a discussion with my uncle and he's 60, mm-hmm. 64, 65, and, and uh, he, you know, saved his money. He has very, you know, he has, he, you know, he, he has a lot of money. And, and I asked him, too, why don't you retire? He goes, I can't. I'm like, do you you can't. He goes, what am I going to do? I can't stay home. And so I mean, what, what drives you Mister <laughs> to, to work?
0: You know what, George? You know what drives me? The community the people that I serve. I love the serving the people of the community in El Paso. Um, and, and, and I can only speak on behalf of, of Northeast because that's where I basically did all my law enforcement dealings with, yes, sir. um, the people is what drives me. Um, the, the, the passion that I have to help people. Um, and you know, it's funny you say that cause my wife, uh, we got to, Somebody asked me the other day, um, are you ever going to retire? My wife interrupted me before I could say anything to this individual. He says, he ain't never going to retire. He's retired twice already. <laughs> um, but to answer your question, George, you know, this is a four-year term. Um, and I've already people have already asked me if I'm going to run again or if, if I would run again. Uh, and can I run again? And I told them I would. And I'm only seven months in. That's how much I'm enjoying it. So I'm going to give it two terms for right now, George, that's okay. what I, if I'm fortunate enough to win again, cause this is a four year term. And then of course you got to run for re-election. So, uh, I do plan on doing eight years because that right there will get, put me at 68 years old. And I think that's a good time to, um, I guess, ride it off into the sunset. Exactly enjoy right. <laughs> the, the life with my, yeah, the life with my wife, so we can enjoy, you know, our, our time together.
1: Oh, that's cool, man. That's that's really, Mr. Somebody. So, in, in closing, Mr. Somebody, what's the, what's some parting words you want to give?
0: Uh you know what? I think the 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 biggest thing is George. Um, I got to give big shout out to Jesus Christ, my Lord. He's He's blessed me in so many ways. He's opened so many doors for me, and I, I I'm paying that back by helping people. Um, So I just need people to tell them, have faith in what you do, be true to yourself, treat people with respect, and don't expect anything in return. Mm. And those are the things that I want to leave with people.
1: You know, it's funny you say about faith. I'll never forget this. Years and years and years ago, I was in this program where they allowed me to, to, like I was saying about the police department, to run a concession stand. It was a it was a, a collaboration with the state and the city, uh, for people that are visually impaired, and I had when I had this cafeteria on the on the east side. It was um, uh, it was uh, um, what would you say? A warehouse, a factory. So this gentleman, he worked for a company and he was a sales rep, but he was also part time. He was a, a man of the church, and so one day he goes, you know what church in particular lunch. Like? So he never. One thing I liked about him. And which I noticed about you, you don't really push, you know, like, try to change people, like, oh, you know, reprint, you know, you know the, be uh, uh, born again. You know, he was very smooth, very, you know. Wow. And so one day we're driving, and he was going to his uh, to his different uh, uh, spots, you know, to, to make orders. And he goes, uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, like, like two or three hours, I'm in the car with him. And he was just talking to me and talking to me. And then towards the end, he goes, George, I want you to remember this. You know, God, you always must have faith in God. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, "Do you know what faith means?" I'm like, no. I'm not gonna lie to you, no. I'm really young, you know. I'm not really uh, up to date when it comes to the religion and whatnot. This is when I was younger. Sure, and he says, sure. "Yeah." He goes, "I'm gonna give you an example of what faith means, or what it is what it is." I'm like, okay. He goes, "So you know remember when I asked you to come to come with me, and then we will go eat lunch, and I will take you back?" I go, yeah. So all this time. Did you did you know I was going to bring you back to your to your work? I go yeah, so you trusted me, yeah, that space. I'm like oh, that's faith. He goes trust in God that you'll get back to where you want. I'm like wow. So ever since then, that word phase, I know what it means. You know, and it's pretty mean when you yeah. said that. Yeah. You know, it brings it brings it home. Uh, but well, Mr. Samora, I do appreciate you taking your time out of your busy schedule to talk to us. And talk to the people, talk about your law enforcement experience and what makes you, you know, that individual is special because I wanted to bring light to law enforcement because, you know, like you said, right now it's kind of hard to be a law enforcement officer because of what happened. And, oh, yours are this and yours that. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's fair. I really don't think that's fair because mm-hmm. you can't just. Put one spot to everybody, or brush them with one brush. All these police officers are all crooked, and even when I see them on Facebook, I'm like, ah, oh, they're just talking because of—I call it ignorance, you know. And, and I just—you uh, yeah. you brought that light to your your experience in law enforcement, it's also a constable, and I think that's going to really help people when they see a constable to respect them. No matter what precinct, yeah. precinct it is, respect law enforcement, and you're—you're, you're, uh, you know, overall. Oh, You're a perfect example of that, Mr. Samora. So, as I say goodbye, Mr. Samora. wish you luck, sir. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm saluting you. You can't see me, but I'm saluting you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Don't worry, don't worry. I can't see myself either. But, anyways. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, folks, check out right, our resolution. <laughs> thank, thank you so much for having me on your program. Um, and say, hi- say hello to your, to your beautiful wife and. And, George, I, I, uh, I, again, I'm going to use this word. I've been blessed to have you come into my life uh, and becoming a friend that I can call a friend because uh, I know you've been through a lot yourself. But, again, thanks for having me on your, your program and give your beautiful wife a hug for me. And I wish you and your wife uh, health, George, and, and keep the faith, my friend.
1: Amen. Well, everyone, we'll see you on the next time. And... Bye bye.